Welcome to the Aggressively Average Sports Podcast, where, you know, people who are not uh, super athletes prove that they know just as much as the experts. Uh, join us while we talk sports. Uh, Going to hit a couple topics today, like the top 74 NBA players that the uh, ESPN staff has put out. Going to wrap up some UC, uh, UFC, maybe even hit a little, uh, you know, a little college football news as we wonder when the season's going to start. Um, but I think we're going to hit on the NBA players list. I've got my brother with me today. Uh, so let's see where this goes. Let's do it. So I, my very first thing when I saw this was why exactly was the criteria for there being 74 players? That was, of all things, just the weird, like 100, 50, 75 even, 75. Like keep it in Just at, at first glance, just – Artist Gilmore being the cutoff is kind of interesting of all people. So, yeah, I guess bef – so before we start really, like, diving into the actual, like, the, the content of the list, it's – this is one of those things that it's really impossible to actually, like, rank people fairly just because, you know, I know everybody says, oh, different eras. Well, how would this person have played this era? And, and the truth is you just, like – you can't – there's no way we can ever really know if we were to pluck Bill Russell out of, you know, his era and put him in today. You know, it would be different, but we can't fault somebody for being born in a different time. So as we, we go through this list, it's one of those things. It's like it's really tough. And and like, take the first uh, first couple off the bat. You have Damian Lillard at 72, and I don't know if it's one of those things where it's recency bias or, you know, I just need to see someone's career from beginning to end. But there's just something like I, I love Damian Lillard, but there's just something about 72 and being ahead of like some like Dikembe Mutombo. Yes, he only averaged basically 10 and 10 for his career, but when you hear the name Dikembe Mutombo, you think like, oh yes, Hall of Famer. And for Damian Lillard, I'm just like, hmm. See, it's just that that's the balance that you have to kind of weigh as you go through this list. Yeah, you you. It's almost like you have to project out a little bit when it comes to where you think he'll be when he's all said and done. If you're going to include current players, you have to kind of project them out a little bit. Now, that gets tough because who's to say Trey Young doesn't win multiple scoring titles by the time he's done and do you include him somewhere? But, like, Lillard's done enough, I don't think enough, to be considered top 75 all time. I mean, you could consider him one of the top five greatest pacers of all – or uh, uh, trailblazers of all time up in Portland, but – uh, it's it's kind of hard to say that, yeah, Damian Lillard top seventy four, especially ahead of Dikembe Mutombo, who's so iconic for the sport. Um, you know, just a couple spots behind Pete Maravich, it's that's you're pushing it a little bit a little bit when you're going with with Pistol Pete that close. Well, and and then even if, even if you look down a few at, at number seventy with Tony Parker, if yeah. you if, if if I'm playing pickup, I'm gonna take Damian Lillard. But I'm not going to disagree with you that Tony Parker should be higher on this list because his career spans 20 years, multiple championships, just absolute pillar of one of, of that San Antonio Spurs dynasty. And, like, yes, I'm going to pick Damian Lillard over him if we're making a team. But right now, I, I wouldn't have a problem putting him above Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, a couple down from there, Pau Gasol. Extremely underrated historic player. Dude averaged 17 and 9, almost a double double with 17 points a game for his entire career. Uh, was a staple in building the uh, Memphis Grizzlies kind of persona for what they were right before the Tony Allens, 
and Zach Randolph showed up. He kind of grit and grind era. And he's responsible for for bringing Mark Gasol to the states. If we're being honest, <laughs> well, and the, I think the biggest thing about Paul Gasol, and it's one of those things like, what can we say about Paul Gasol? But it's like what other p- players say about him. And like Kobe himself had said that had Pal not come to LA, like they don't win those championships. Yeah. Without. Like Pal was the turning point for them, and so like that speaks way more than anything we could ever say about him. Um, but I mean, yeah. So in the '60s, you have a pretty a pretty like diverse group of like all day you got Powell from the current area. You've got mm-hmm. Dave Cowens in the seventies and eighties and Alex English, uh, Alonzo Mourning, Earl the Pearl. Um, you have man. Dennis Rodman, obviously with, with the last dance documentary going on, you've got Dennis Rodman and everyone focusing on him. He only averaged seven points a game for his career, but to put up that many rebound numbers with just the lack of recognition on the offensive end, and just getting out and doing the dirty work, the, uh, you know, good to see somebody get some recognition for, you know, rather than just being the, you know, the, the muscle of a team that he's actually a really, really good basketball player. What was crazy was what, when my, watching the last dance, like you, I have a totally new respect for Dennis Rodman just because like he wasn't just somebody who could jump and get rebounds, but the way he described how he knew where a ball was going, yeah. like the arc on a shot and where it hit on the rim, he knew it was going to go here or here or, it, like that's incredible and that is incredibly lost in today's game and um i don't think there'll ever be another player like dennis rodman um no people, people don't get him to, people don't give him credit for being quite as smart as he was absolutely uh, let's move into the 50s a little bit you got um you got manu ginobili coming in at 58 that's another one of those things like again man manu is I, it's how do you rank somebody in terms of how like how good of a player they were or their actual impact on the game because you could argue Mono Ginobili is like a top 10 European player of all time yeah I mean he he single-handedly brought the Euro step to the NBA you know he he's the one that that patented that inside out move that you see guys like Giannis and so many use now um in in the in the 50 to 60 ranges all players from my childhood and your childhood growing this up. Is the, Carter. This is the score. This is the pure score yeah. part of the list. I mean, literally every person in this from like fifty to sixty is score. Like you got. I mean, you got Vince Carter, Ray Allen, Clyde Drex, Clyde like Clyde Drexler, Vince Carter, and Tracy McGrady are very much mirrors of one another yeah. in different eras. Mainly Clyde being different than the other two. Yeah, and and I think Clyde's probably just a tick too low. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I think agree. he's that a, was, a 30 to 40 kind of guy. That was my first thing on this read. It was like, ooh, Clyde, man. Like, that's really low. Like, seeing a 57 by Clyde the Glide, the guy on the, on the yeah. dream team. Like, And not only that, a, that, A, he was on the dream team. Two, the only reason he's not exceptionally higher on this list is because Michael Jordan knocked him out of several titles. You know, yeah. they he, he had to go through, you know, MJ towards the end of his career um, you know, in that 90 to 95 when he was finishing up with Portland, those years were all contested by Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of kind of tough to <laughs> to fault somebody for that. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you got Paul, you got Paul Pierce. Um, Arguably one of Paul the Pierce, greatest Tracy Celtics McGrady, of all time. Like, what do you, I mean, what do you say about these guys? Other than, like, they were just, like, so much fun to watch. Like, they're the reason we love basketball so much was because, like, play, like, watching those guys – was what like drew me to basketball. Uh, and as much as Michael Jordan wants to to hate on the glove, uh, 
<laughs> you know, Gary Payton is considered the defensive stalwart point guard. You know, uh, they I, like Isaiah Thomas was pesky, um, and you've had guys in the past that were like good defensive point guards, but Gary Payton is why you see guys like Patrick Beverly work right now. You know, there, yeah. there's still a place for somebody like that in modern day NBA. Whereas you look back at some guys like take a couple down, uh, like a Wes on, well, Wes on was kind of, kind of a large human, but <laughs> there's a, some, some guys like Bob McAdoo. And it, like you mentioned, Bill Russell, who wouldn't translate to the athleticism of today's game. Um, you know, whereas a guy like Gary Payton, I think could, could you know, if he was in that yeah. age range would still step up and, and yeah. And, and again, that's not saying like Bill Russell couldn't play in today's age. It's like, who knows like his body type, you know, I'm, they didn't, they didn't have the exercise and the, and the nutritional stuff like they have today as much so who yeah. knows if he's like the size this small like he's got like joel and b kind of got the weight to him and stuff who knows but one one big one i don't one problem i, I don't like james worthy at 51 i when i hear james worthy i think like hmm, i think a little bit higher than that um just because like so i mean when you so think you, are you saying closer to 74 or closer to 30 which way we go we go in 35 ish just off the top of my head, like, cause, like, when you think of like the the Lakers teams, when you think of like Magic, Kareem, and all of them, for James Worthy is in every single one of those teams. Like, when you think of Magic's Lakers, James Worthy's on there. When you think of Kareem's yeah. Lakers, like, J- like James Worthy is just like so. When when you have a a franchise with Magic, Kareem, Wilt, Kobe. And like it, James Worthy just falls through the cracks. I feel like, and, and I mean, he he popularized goggles. Yeah. <laughs> He's single-handedly responsible for goggles in this league. Yeah, uh, but you know, like like the article says, big game James, dude dominated in the playoffs. Game seven, uh, one of the best game sevens in league history. Thirty-six points on fifteen for twenty-two shooting, sixteen rebounds and ten assists to captain the eighty-eight finals and earn him the MVP. Uh, the dude, he just he complimented Magic and Kareem. Uh, you know, just he was he was their their go to guy. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think about Reggie Miller at forty nine? Do you think Reggie Miller is one of the top fifty players of all time? Uh. Clear top five three point shooter of all time. Pure scorer, yeah. top ten. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm putting Reggie in the top fifty. It. Yeah, he he retired. I want to say relatively early, but I mean he was he was still in his late thirties. But I mean, when you think of Reggie Miller, you think of shooter. You know, mm-hmm. you think of the the choke. You know, the against the Knicks where he's you know. Yeah, I'm not seeing top fifty. There's some guys behind him that I would have put ahead of him. Reggie Reggie is the last four out in a March Madness tournament of, of yeah. things like this. Yeah, yeah. If 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 we were to ra- to rank them, you know, top sixty four teams, he'd be that last four. He'd he'd be in a playing game, getting the last four in. Yeah, that makes sense. You got Bill Walton, obviously, is a is a big one. He didn't have much of an NBA career because of the injuries and everything, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of hard to deny what he did in the ABA. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, broadcast career is stellar. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one thing I, I do respect, I love that they gave Dominique a spot in the top fifty. Yeah. Because if you, I don't know if you remember, like, and I, because I, I don't even remember, I, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was maybe 96 or 97 when they did that top 50 
they mm-hmm. did like an the NBA did like an actual top fifty players yeah. in history, and I believe Dominique was kind of the, one of the big ones that they considered to be like not in there. So even back then, the fact that he barely missed out on top fifty, and the fact that the wonderful folks at ESPN deemed him to be in the top fifty, I respect that. Love Dominique. I think he like set. He is a foundational player of the Blake Griffins of the world, like yeah. guys like that. I think you don't see that without Dominique. He just just power. think about this though for a game that was so finesse based, sky hooks, baby hooks, turnaround jumpers, um, bank shots. He took a game that was played out of nothing but finesse and said, "I can absolutely outmuscle somebody and score twenty plus points a game for my entire career." I mean, he could shoot some, but you don't think, oh, Dominique Wilkins, that dude could spot up. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, so he found a way to get to the rim and and score in ways that completely changed the way the game is is viewed. Yeah. The face of Atlanta basketball. All right. So let's. So forty five is an interesting one. Forty five. Anthony uh, I, Davis. I'd argue forty five and forty two are are interesting. Obviously, Russ deserves a spot on this list because he's the only person other than Oscar Robertson to average the season-long triple-double. Mm-hmm. Twice now, isn't it? Um, yeah. So it, it's interesting for a guy who's – I mean, there's plenty of people on this list who've never won anything of, like, significance as a team perspective. But to me, he's the first one on here where I'm like, this is just a dude on here strictly because of his basketball ability, not because of what he accomplished like a Manu or a Tony Parker, just straight up. As a ball player, does he belong in the top fifty? My vote is yes. I don't. I, I think he's about right at forty-two. Um, but so I, mean, I was. I was. That was. I, I think my first glance when I saw this was, oh no way, Russ is not not yet. Yeah. But the more I thought I thought about it, I was like, man, like we kind of taken for granted what he has been able to accomplish these past few seasons. And people can say whatever they want about, oh, he 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 stat chases and rebound chases. I don't see anybody else doing. Yeah. That. Like if, if it's last, so last I checked, chase, why is no one else averaging triple doubles? Last, like, last I checked, guards aren't averaging ten boards a game strictly because he has season Stephen Adams boxing dudes out. And yeah, there's clips of Stephen Adams clearly boxing people out and abandoning rebounds to Russ. But to say that he's doing that nine plus times a game, you know, yeah. the dude the dude attacks the boards differently. And and an an MVP to boot. You know, there's guys on here who have not had MVPs. So, um, but to your that. point on 45 with Anthony Davis, I think people do underestimate his defensive ability. People just think of him as the revolutionary big man with the shooting. Um, you know, the man single-handedly carried the Pelicans for a long time. People, people forget Anthony Davis is only 27. Oh God, he's my he's, age. He is Anthony Davis is your age, and I so what does that weeks. say that Anthony Davis is making millions and you're on here making hey <laughs> average. <laughs> Like, like Anthony Davis has a ton left in the tank. Barring, like, injuries, Anthony Davis will definitely go higher up on this list. And and we'll see how this NBA season plays out, whether or not he gets that first championship with LeBron. But, I mean, they were looking just – like, I know that everybody's, like, all about, oh, LeBron's Lakers and this and that. AD was just dominating this season up until the point where the season got cut off. That's true. Like, I mean, he was just unstoppable. Like, I think it was the best he's ever played so far. So, so at, it'll be interesting. At Forty-one. To see where he goes. At forty-one, we have our first uh, 
throwback throwback where you've got the coos uh you got bob Cousy. uh you know obviously we're getting back into the 1950s where obviously for guys like us it's a little hard to compare them to current day athletes when I watched Bob Cousy on instructional videos as a child. <laughs> you know somebody played basketball a long time ago when it looks like he played for a baseball team, the Cincinnati <laughs> Royals. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, uh, it's one of those things. It's hard to deny the accomplishments of some of those classic players. Um, you know, Jerry West is – he's still the logo, you know. They yeah. didn't. They didn't turn the logo of the NBA into a jump man just because Jordan became the greatest. Jerry West did it first, yeah. and became the icon. You know, so it's nice to Agreed. see. Um, nice to see that though. All right, let's hop into the. Uh, let's kind of let's kind of get a move on here, and we'll kind of we'll, we'll fly through yeah. a little bit some of these this forty through eleven, and because we'll, I really want to, I really want to break down the top ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need to get starting that. off the forties. You've got Chris Paul. Um, I think the traditional point guard of this past generation, kind of this late 2009, late 2000s, early 2010s. Like, I think Chris Paul, when I think point guard from this past era, like Chris Paul is going to be the one, whether or not he's been so successful, Chris Paul is the point guard you're thinking of most likely. It's true. Playing some of his best basketball in years with OKC this season. Oh, yeah, absolutely was carrying that young room. This season, I was honestly like, I was kind of starting to not be a fan as much when he was kind of towards the end of his uh, Houston run. I think his, I think his bad vibe with the Clippers kind of just put him like in a weird place when he went to Houston, and like just it didn't mesh well. And I really think he was playing his best basketball in years with OKC. It's true. I, this could just be a personal thing. I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Chris Paul. I think 40 is way too high. I think he needs to be back towards the the 50 to 60 range. Um, he was on some really good Clipper teams. I know yeah. everybody just talks about Dunk, you know, Dunk City and all the all the alley oops and everything with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, but he had some really solid groups and they couldn't win a thing in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, so. and there will always be and there will always be the what if question of him getting hurt in yeah. that uh, Houston series. That's like, true. Honestly, like up until that point, I was I thought the Rockets would beat the Warriors that season, and then Chris Paul went down and. The rest of history. So. so we'll we'll run through some of these real quick in the middle. Um, probably spend a little too much time on the back end, but obviously Patrick Ewing, one of the more under underappreciated people in NBA history, yeah, um, is not handling things at Georgetown well right now. I've seen I've seen I've seen stuff like <laughs> that. Uh, you got Kevin. So Kevin McHale's kind of like the 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 Celtic Scottie Pippen, like yeah. I've always thought. Yeah. Is like he was Bird's wingman. Kevin McHale was great, but. Bird's the first one you're thinking of. And, and he had Robert Parrish as well, who, you know, kind of took a lot of that workload. If it was I, Mikhail, I, yeah, that's good. I do love Jason Kidd, seeing him so high. Like, Jason Kidd's one of, if not my all-time favorite yeah. point guard. Um, so, I don't I don't know. I think maybe 35 is kind of about good for him. I maybe would put him maybe a little bit lower. Yeah, I mean, he carried some of those Nets teams through the playoffs. You know, he, he, he carried them to the finals. Yeah. It, those two it, seasons. He, he had – he had Keith Van Horn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, George Mikan again, going yeah, back. He, he was one of the, to me, he's one of the first, I guess, like super bigs, like those guys that were just way bigger than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so here, Harden at 32 is interesting just because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard not to put him up here because dude scores better than anybody else, regardless of if you like his game or not. Dude's yeah. the premier scorer in NBA. 
agree. You got Isaiah at 31. Um, honestly, I may put Isaiah higher. Um, you know, Isaiah, I, I feel like a lot of people that love MJ kind of still sour yeah. on Isaiah for obvious reasons. And especially with the last dance, I feel like Isaiah's kind of been getting some of that bad, bad publicity around him kind yeah. of been brought back up. I, I still think he, he probably deserves to be higher. Um, cause I don't think when you, the, the funny thing about that bad boys team is yes, they were physical. They were known for beating the crap out of people. I don't think they win at all. If Isaiah Thomas is not leading those teams. No, no, the, he was, he was the ringleader. He's the one that kept them crowd and gave the marching orders. Um, yeah. you know, it, it makes sense. Steve Nash, obviously a really good option at 30. I've got no qualms with that one. AI, depending on how you, I guess, categorize the list as a whole. Um, you know, he led him to the finals, but other than that, he was just pretty much the premier scorer and just kind of revolutionized the attitude of modern day basketball with kind of mm-hmm. the swagger that dudes carry around doing what they do and, and not taking anything about it. Um, here's, here's why I'm okay with it. If you line up Iverson, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, I'm taking Allen Iverson. Yeah. That's, that's how I'm that's justifying fair. that. Honestly, I would probably take Jason Kidd over Steve Nash, but that's just me. That's fair. Nash was uh was was not as good defensively as as a guy like Jason Kidd was. Which and, and, taken and funny enough, if, even if you keep going, twenty eight John Stockton, the premier like, if if MJ doesn't stop him and Carl Malone, you're probably looking at Stockton oh. as being considered. They win multiple titles without Jordan. Point guard. Yeah, they win multiple titles without Jordan. Um, Giannis at twenty seven. This is so. When I said earlier about the projecting it out. He has a chance to be one of the top ten players to ever play the game. He's if he can, even if he can improve his shot just a little bit. Dudes with that kind of size, speed, and ability don't come around all that often. And he is a testament to working for the talent, not the talent coming straight to you. His before and after picture is insane. Yeah, I mean, it's a dude who straight up when he got into the league was like, I think I want to hang with these dudes, and then just went to work. And again, is am I right in thinking is he twenty five? Is that what it says on this bio right here? Uh, if because he he's he's been in the yeah. league seven years now, which is crazy. It's maybe six years, twenty thirteen uh, to twenty twenty. Lord, I didn't even realize that. But like, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think when it's all said and done, he could very well, you know. This could be a little bit higher, but I don't know it's one of those things. It's just weird seeing Giannis at twenty-seven yeah. above so many Hall of Fame names. Yeah, that's um, true. Keep, that, that's the difference. So, yeah, let's keep moving. You got, uh, you got. So you got some more kind of projections. You got D, D Wade at twenty-six. I'm cool with. Completely fine with D Wade and cool. Kawhi right there. Kawhi, Kawhi's in a good spot because he's won multiple titles. He's essentially one of the best defensive players to of this generation of guys. Um, yeah. You know, the quiet assassin, no problem with him at 25. I think that's a good lead-in to the top 25. Yeah, um, I obviously, agree. You know, the Admiral at 24 and Barkley at 22, uh, 23. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's an argument that Barkley could be a little higher. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking and Barkley Kevin above Scotty. Um, but I, honestly, I think that the last dance has given me a new respect for Scotty because yeah, I, I think more – think more people are looking at scotty as yes he was mj's tag team he was the robin to the to batman yeah but he was so good and like mm, i don't know but 21 i don't know 
it, um, it's high. Um, yeah. You know, so but if you start getting into the top twenty, um, obviously Kevin Garnett at twenty. The big ticket. My personal favorite, Dirk Nowitzki, is my basketball idol from you know when I was growing up because I was always the, I was the stretch four. I was the, the the kid that could could shoot but couldn't really bang down low. I could never put on weight, and just that one foot fall away. So it's, it's so beautiful about it. So I'm, I'd put Dirk higher than I'd put Dirk maybe above Carl Malone. That's probably fair. I mean, um, he he is he is European basketball. The, he is the he is the icon of European basketball, and that that championship run is still mind boggling to me. When you yeah. look at the teams that they played throughout that, the fact that they won that with with old with Jason Kidd in in the twilight of his career. Yep. Jason Terry, Tyson Chandler, all like career guys, but never like. Tyson Chandler's been an yeah. All Star a few times, but like I mean, they were always have, rotation. Man. Was a little bit past his prime as well, so like it's still incredible to me. So I'd put Dirk a little bit higher, but that's just me. And I love Carl Malone. Um, so we'll scoot up a little bit. Obviously, Dr. J at fifteen. It's kind of hard yeah. to argue, guys, at this point. But I, I want to break down, guys. Like yeah. I think Steph Curry belongs where he is, and if he can prove that he can win another title without KD, when all this things. You know, when these injuries get, get under control and more than likely next season when they're back. Yeah. Um, you know, they're gonna get a draft pick. Odds are it's probably gonna be pretty high. They're probably gonna take a big man, um, depending on how the lottery shakes out. If he and Clay Thompson get back to what they were doing before KD showed up, it'll solidify that he didn't necessarily need KD. Obviously, KD helped a ton, um, but he didn't need him. And if he does win a title without KD, I, I think it, it cements his place as a top 10 player of all time. He's the greatest shooter to ever live. The the weird thing about it, I feel like there's been like a growing resistance against Steph these past like two or three seasons. I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost like since, he became the bad guy. Since KD joined him, everybody's just kind of been on the Steph hate train. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, Kids like kids in particular love Steph Curry, and I guess it's just yeah. one of those popular things where if a kid thinks somebody's really good, then they overhype them. Um, but like, I will never forget that 15 16 season where I'll never forget, like, kind of early in the season when Steph was just going off shooting them from half court. I was like, This is insane! Like, I literally tuned in every night, and every night I was like, Dude, this is insane! How does he keep doing this? And now it's the norm. He's been he's legitimately been doing that for five years now, and it's it's easy to say that just like guys like Allen Iverson, um, you know Michael Jordan, the the guys from the late eighties, early nineties into the two thousands that kind of revolutionized how we play. You have guys like Steph to thank for guys like Trey Young being in the league now. Yeah. Guys who were those college players that were like putting up massive numbers because they shot a ton. Now we're going to get shots in the NBA, whereas before they'd be like, oh, you don't play defense well enough. Oh, you don't pass enough. Oh, you, you know, you're a volume shooter. Now people go, okay, if you can volume shoot at, you know, 20, 15% less than what someone shoots from two, if you, if you can hit 35% of your shots while someone hits 45% from two, you're going to outscore them over the course of a bunch of games just because, you know, threes are add up to more than two. So yeah. I don't know the exact and number, I, so don't quote me on that percentage, but still. And again, it goes back to what other players say about Steph. You see guys like AI 
say that Steph is like his favorite player. Yeah. And like other players have the respect of Steph. And I think that speaks way more than to what, what we think about him. So I got no problem with it. Um, Hakeem and Oscar both no problem with that at all. I think so, to me, I think the top 10 is a good top 10. Let's, let's discuss where we think who in the top 10 belongs, where they are. Just I for a quick it, rundown. I think it is the top 10 players of yeah, all time. That, that's of right my now. thinking as well. I think you could shift them a little bit, but Shaq at 10, Kobe at nine, Tim Duncan at eight, uh, Larry Bird, seven, Wilt Chamberlain, six, Magic Johnson, five, Bill Russell, four, Kareem, three, LeBron, two, Michael Jordan, obviously number one. Guys that all I right, think so, you could shift around. So I say, give me your give me your top 10 based on this list. My top 10 based on this list. I'm going to put Tim at 10. Um, I'm going to throw – it's tough, but I think I'm going to have to keep Shaq around nine. Most dominant center, most dominant center, but at the same time, you know, he did do things over the course of his career that cost him extra titles, you know. Yeah. Whereas guys like Wilt just continued to put up numbers in a in an era where they couldn't hang with him and Bill Russell won multiple titles because he did what he needed to do to win them. And if we're going off of a, a full comprehensive look, yeah. He stays at nine. Admittedly um, Shaq never gave it his then that's the scariest thing is did we ever see a fully but I think two thousand Shaq is the closest we will ever get to the most dominant player of all time. Because he yeah. has admittedly said I did not give it my best like effort. Yeah, for most of his put, career, uh, I'd put Bird at eight. Um, I would put, I'd leave Wilt at six. I would put Magic at five. Move up Kobe to four. Did I skip a number? I think you did. Yeah, put Bill Russell five. Okay, hold on. Let's let's. <laughs> I skipped a number. My top my top four. This is it, where the average part comes in from the title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My no, number one, I think, is Jordan. There's no real contest to that. Um, I do think LeBron is number two. Um, I'd put Kobe at three, Kareem at four, Russell at five, Magic at six, and then you start what I just said, where you have Wilt at seven, uh, Bird at eight, Shaq at nine, and, and Duncan at ten. Um, yeah. I think Kobe just – Kobe's a different breed. Obviously, the, with everything that happened recently, it's – Again, talking about recency bias, but the guy, like Jordan, went on multiple title runs with – the difference is he did it with different crews. He did it with Shaq, but he also did it with Powell and some of those guys differently. Um, it, it just – he talking about changing the game and overall impact, not to mention the, the scoring titles and the, the defensive ability, the mindset, the whole deal um, – to me, he belongs up there ahead of guys like um, Magic and Bill because his talent out exceeded theirs while he also won. Yeah. Yeah. When you get called the best Laker ever by Magic, by by most people, there's something to say. And that, that's why I have him over Kareem and Magic. Yeah. So, so um, I again, if anybody, if like most people over like the age of 40 would probably call me the same as this, I have Bill Russell at 10. And there's definitely something to be said for 11 championships. But, like, again, if you go back and watch some of the footage of the, of the guys he was playing against, yeah, it's just like – and his, if I remember correctly, his – I don't have it pulled up anymore. His, I think he only averaged like 15 or 
13, something like that for his career, points-wise. Yeah, 15, but he did average 22.5 rebounds. Because there weren't too many seven-footers walking That's around true. back then. But, um, but, again, it goes back to the – if I'm lining people up. If I'm lining up Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, and Bill Russell, I'm going to take Bill Russell last. That's um, true. I got Tim Duncan at nine. I think Tim Duncan has the most spotless career of anybody in NBA history. He's not the best. I think when you look at from the moment he entered the league to when he walked out, he was the one of, if not the best power forward in the game. His, his, the man never missed the playoffs in almost 20 seasons. He never went through a rebuild. Never did that, like the Warriors are doing. I know the Warriors is a lot due to injury and KD leaving. He never had to deal with injuries and people leaving because he continued to carry teams through it. Yeah. You know, so it's and a and a guy who let coaches coach him, and you yeah. saw it as his career progressed. You saw the influence Popovich had on him uh, throughout his career. Um, I think he is the Tom Brady of basketball. Uh, mm. So okay, well, Brady's considered the the greatest QB of all time, and arguably one of the best players. Two different, in the yeah, different scenarios. So, but I, I get, I get the, I get the comparison you're trying to make. They come from organizations that were known for building winners, consistent winners, and they both had coaches that are considered that maybe have had a little something to do with it. And people you got know. mad at them because they won too much. Literally, yeah. Like, yeah, I, re- I remember not liking the Spurs in the, or in the, or in, the or in the early 2000s because they were so like, boring. Well, because like I didn't like seeing the same team win every year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's but true. now looking back on it, dude was literally if you want. I mean, they called him the fundamental for the reason. Like it's traditional basketball. Um, but anyway, I have Wilt at eight and I have Shaq at seven. Yeah. I, maybe it's just because I like just because I watch Shaq. Um, honestly, Wilt's probably better than Shaq, but like I don't think there's ever been. I think if you put two thousand Shaq against Wilt. And whatever year his prime is, I think Shaq is the most dominant player of all time. That 2000, 2001 Shaq, I think it's over with. People um, who haven't seen it need to go back and watch a Shaq highlight reel. Um, Unreal. Yeah. Um, you got, I have Bird at six, um, championships, best shooter. Um, yep. The magic of the Celtics. Magic is to the Celtics as to what Bird is to the Celtics. Magic is to the Lakers what Bird is to the Celtics. Yep. Uh, I got Kareem at five. Uh, and Magic at four. I think Magic is just so much more of the of an icon of Kareem. Obviously, scored the points, got the buckets. I, yeah. There's something about Magic that is just like he man, is Mister Versatility. He's the most versatile player to ever play the game. Could play darn near all five positions um, at any. He point. was he. I, honestly, I think more than any other player in history, Magic has shaped the game into what it is today. For being a guy his size and being able to do everything, yeah, um, that wasn't seen as much back then. LeBron, I have it three. Kobe, I have it two. MJ, I have it one. I'm not going to spend a whole t- a lot of time at MJ at number one just because it's like it's a wrap. If you're not watching the Last Dance, and you don't <laughs> understand why MJ is number one. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so my thing with Kobe and LeBron, I do think when it's all said and done, I do think LeBron will probably move up to number two. Yeah, I don't. I don't think, barring how many more years LeBron plays. And and however his career pans out, there will never be a person who plays. And I, I guess, I mean, yes, Tim Duncan basically had a stellar career all the way through. I don't think you will see someone play to the level that LeBron has played 
for this stretch of time. LeBron is still, whether people love him or not, he is still killing it at his age. Yeah. To the and, point, and, where and he's, he's adapted his game. Yes, and yes, he is. A, he is completely. Tim Duncan was the same all the way through. Now there's something to be said. For, there's something to be said for basically having all the all of your skills at the top through your career. But the fact yeah. that LeBron has turned into a shooter, the fact that he has turned into a, he's a killer three point shooter now, um, but still carrying the weight of like his he. I don't think I've ever seen somebody move their weight around like Le, like LeBron does a great job of using his weight. Now, granted, he gets into the you know, complaining about fouls and stuff like that a little bit too much. Um, yeah, you. I mean, you could break down the the personal irritations you have yes. with his game, but yes, you cannot yeah. deny that he is top three. He will probably two, be two when it's all said and done. I do think he'll win another championship before it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think if he were to somehow play with Bronny, if Bronny were to make it to the NBA and LeBron is still there, <laughs> honestly, I think that would like even bump his career up even more. There's something to, and if he's still playing at a somewhat high level, yeah, there's just something poetic about that that would be like, that's that's pretty cool. The the passing of the torch. Yeah, but um, to me, like for me, Kobe is too, just because like, if MJ is number one, I'm gonna take the second closest thing to what number one is, and that's Kobe. Yeah, the the mentality, the 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 championships, um, just like. I tell people, you know, I didn't get to see MJ in his prime, but I did get to see Kobe in his prime, and it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on the top ten for the NBA. Is there anybody on that you can think of off the top of your head that wasn't in here that you're like, hmm, I would have put them in uh, there? there not was, not um, top of the head. I, there, there's probably a couple you could come up with, um, you know, especially – I think they got most of the recent guys. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, so it's it's. I, I think they covered most of it pretty well. I it's, did admit. I think I did. I think one person I did miss talking about was I think KD ranked in at fourteenth or thirteenth. Yeah, he was right behind Steph at fourteen. So um, I I I right before the injury happened, that championship season with the Warriors. Yeah, I was of the mindset that KD was the best player in the world. So whether he enters into the top ten or not by the end of his career, we'll see. I know a lot of people are going to like keep him down because of his attitude and how he's kind of progressed as his career has gone on. But me included, um, I'm excited to see. <laughs> I'm excited to see um, how. He, why do you, so? I need to go look in the stats. Why would you? Why do you think somebody like Damian Lillard was put in when somebody like Kyrie was not? A guy who has championships. Who I need to. I would need to look at the stats. Of, of how that has played out, but that's something that comes to mind. I'm like, hmm, if you're going to look at best, like that championship run, that that, you're, that Kyrie, like Kyrie yeah. was killer in that final series. Now, yeah, granted, I mean, he's kind of like KD, he's like kind of put a sour note for a lot of people with him, so maybe that's why. Um, you think about somebody, think about somebody like Grant Hill, who had his had injuries not happen. I think definitely yeah. would himself higher up on the list. Uh, and, and I think I think you've got a case to make that Lillard should probably be out in favor of someone like Grant Hill. Um, but I mean, if you're breaking down the greatest Portland Trailblazers of all time, Lillard yeah. is on that list. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd still say Clyde. Clyde's above him, but yes, he's he's the starting point guard for uh, them. Mike Tirico said it best. Uh, he got the shot off, and uh, <laughs> the Blazers win the series for the first time in 14 years. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard. It, 
I mean, you could argue a guy like Melo belongs in top 75 just on pure ability alone, but the dude mm-hmm. never won enough or cared about anything other than scoring titles to belong anywhere on a list like this. Yeah, I think, like, yeah. At Mello, least Lillard think, has won some playoff series. Uh, honestly, like, Melo's biggest crowning achievement will be that he has basically been the face of Team USA. He has the best Team USA basketball career of anybody. Yeah. Which, I don't know how much you want to take that in consideration, but for me, that's that's something. Yeah, of all things for him to care about. <laughs> um, but anyway. But yeah, that's um, that's really the only kind of. I'm trying to think of. I'm I'm running through just. I'm looking at team. I just look at team logos just to see if anybody like jogs into my mind. Yeah. Um, I really don't think I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that uh, that we'd be missing. No, because most of them you'd you'd make a case that they're in in that back sixty five to seventy four. Yeah. Um. If if at all. Um, yeah. So I, oddly enough, I think it's a successful list. Um, yeah, I think one of these, one of these, one of these episodes we need to do is kind of like the de- break at break a breakdown of like the decades yeah. of basketball. Yeah, I think that can work. Things like that that'd be that would be a lot of fun. So, so you got one or two more things you want to talk about before we wrap it up? So one thing that kind of caught my eye um, was the you know what little NFL news is going on right now is Aaron Rodgers basically coming out and saying, hey, you know, basically the writing's on the wall. I'm most likely not going to yeah. be a Packer for my whole career. As someone who grew up really liking the Packers, I was a Brett Favre fan growing up. I had his jersey, and seeing his attitude towards when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, it's it's deja vu all over again. But this time, we know Aaron Rodgers isn't a good dude. <laughs> uh, sorry, let's let's let that slide. The I, I get where he's coming from. He has talked about how he wants to get one really good run at a championship again with the Packers before it's all said and done, and he darn near did it a year ago. You know, I mean, the last couple of years he's had a shot, um, and he's he himself has been good enough, but his team hasn't. And he says, "Hey, first round pick, let's get a weapon," because he's been throwing to Devontae Adams and a bunch of dudes for two years now. Um, you know, it took he Aaron hasn't, Jones. He hasn't had jo- Jordy, and Jordy Nelson is really like. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he went to the, the only Raiders, like, and he, he hasn't was good had three years like the most. He hasn't had the most stellar list of receivers. In yeah. His- career Donald, um, well, no, he didn't have Donald driver that's Brett Favre <laughs> him and Antonio Freeman baby um but anyway and Bubba Franks god I love that team <laughs> Chad Clifton left guard um Kabir Akbar Gabaji no Kabir was there Akbar was the Raiders Akbar is the one on TV Ahmad Green running back green my man Leroy Butler strong safety Chris McKenzie and Al Harris oh god you're just bringing it back so much fun to watch. Um, We're definitely going to do like a decade of all the sports. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, if the guy doesn't want to finish his career in, in Green Bay, that's Green Bay's fault for drafting a QB. That's something you have to consider when you do something like that. Um, I think yeah. he'll suck it up and be fine with it. Um, obviously, the the stuff going on right now has made it a little interesting to see. It Normally, it'd be more of a story because we get to see it in real time with training camp and everything coming up. But as of right now, you don't really know. Kind of like that when you like you've grown you grow into the very thing that you hate the most. And Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is living out his nightmare of becoming Brett Favre. Um, but so like here's my my thing with it. Rodgers is a yes his personality over these last few years has kind of like made me not a fan of him. But then also it's one of those things that he is definitely he's Hall of Fame level quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks yeah. of this generation. 
I do not think he's the best. Like you guys got you have guys like Stephen A. Smith that say he's the best dude to ever throw a football. And those kind of mindsets are like, no, he's not. And that we sort of like dumbs, that sort of dumbs him down for me. But with that said, he has basically played at the same level for the past year. People just haven't paid as much attention to him. Like he how far did they make in the playoffs last year? Uh did they get out of the first round or not this past year? I can't remember. I'm ashamed for not knowing. Um, it, well, it's been so long. It's been, you know, we've been in a pandemic. You forget these things that happened. Th- feel, things that happened a month ago feel like six months ago. I, I, it does Thanks. feel like we've been doing this forever, and it's only been a couple months. This is it's crazy. But um, um, so yeah, no, so, they they lost to the Niners in um in the uh they got the first round by. Um, yeah, yeah. So they got a buy. So they played well enough to get a buy. Which I remember. I think they didn't. If I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me, but they, I think they had a rough start to this this past season, and oh. and people were like, "Oh, Rogers is kind of yada yada yada." But then, sure enough, like they basically played good for almost seventy five percent of the season. Nobody even paid him attention, just because I think with Lamar doing everything he was doing, and the Chiefs being still being the Chiefs, I think a lot of the attention was not on them. They were kind of the Spurs, Tim Duncan, like the not, not yeah, not the they, most exciting. They got smacked by the Niners. Um, yeah, it's so it, it'll be interesting to see what guys like that do. If guys like, um, you know, if, if guys like Tua start day one, or if guys like Burrow start day one, where do some of these new guys wrap in because they don't have the proper training camp to get ready like they would normally do? I'll tell um, you right now, Burrow is definitely starting day one. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think they've got anybody. Andy Dalton's already left. <laughs> so that I want to touch on because I don't know how many people are going to listen to this, even if I put it out, but. Um, let's irritate some people. I think the Cowboys made a brilliant move because they don't want to pay Dak 30 plus million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I mean, I don't fault somebody for wanting to get his money, go get your money. But if the team doesn't want to pay you and you decide to hold out and then they go hire anti, uh, go f- get Andy Dalton who while not good. Okay. Is a starting quarterback in the NFL. If, it's threatening. It's just, it's just threatening yeah. enough to get to motivate. It says, hey, if you sign the franchise tag and you got one year to prove your worth to us, if you go out and lay an egg again and you don't make the playoffs or or even worse, you don't – I mean, that, that division's bad. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. If you go out and, and throw up an egg, all of a sudden they're like, hey, you, you proved you weren't worth the contract. If you want to walk, you can walk, and we'll use Andy Dalton for a year while we figure out who the heck we want to draft at QB. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. You had it's that. Um, Sean Payton came out and had an interesting analogy for why they signed Jameis Winston. He said that uh, essentially when evaluating the draft, they knew they weren't getting Burrow, they weren't getting Tua, they weren't getting Herbert. And when they evaluated the rest of the quarterback board, they said, do we take a QB in rounds four or five? Or is Jameis Winston better than all those options? And they said, hey, if he's willing to be a backup, we're taking him rather than some rookie that essentially we have no knowledge of other than some college tape and we'll pick a guy that can impact us in another area. You're getting, you're getting a few years experience under the tutelage of one of the best to ever play the position. Yeah. Which, and I think of all things, like I'm, I have never been a huge Jameis fan. Um, but how he's kind of like conducted himself and like some of his interviews talking about how, like how excited he is and how like he turned down other offers from other teams yeah. for more money because he knew that he would get the best, 
he, he, he's basically making an investment. He knows he's yeah. probably not going to get a lot of playing time, but the fact that he's going to be able to learn under Drew Brees and be able to come out of this and go to another team better, I think, says a lot. And so and whether, it's, it's going to be genuine or not, whether genuine or not, he's handled it really, really well. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas you have like Cam Newton, who's like kind of going more and more off the deep end as a free agent. You can't you say Newton, I'm going to wait for somebody Cam to get ends hurt. Up, do you think Cam Newton ends up with a team by the time the season starts? Uh, no. I think they've got too much on their plate right now to worry about Cam Newton. Yeah, I I would need to go through and look at all the teams and see who they have starting. For I, I, I was about to say I would need a team to be like, hey, we don't have a QB, and he'd be like, this is what I'm waiting on. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, that that part just kind of is what it is. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Um, so that's really the only kind of big sporting news we've had lately. Um, I did think of somebody as I was, I was, I was kind of looking over ESPN for the uh, top 74 teams mm-hmm. for ranking and definitely like career. And it's one of the most, it's one of the most like hot button. You're either on one side of the fence or you are not is Dwight Howard top 74 player of all time you his first five years people were saying he was in the top 10 of centers all time i mean yes his career like do you weigh like oh his the second half of his career was so bad that it just totally negates what he did in the first half or like that that's that's one of those things man like dwight is like he led he led a very very interesting magic team to the nba finals he was the last big man. He was the last big man to lead his team to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and he truly led it, too. I mean, who all was on that? Wahito? Jameer Nelson, Hito Turgaloo, J.J. Redick, Michael yeah. Pietris. Oh, I don't God. know why I remember Michael Pietris being on that team, but I do. <laughs> uh, um, there are some interesting ones. So, um, uh, Just uh, UFC wrap-up for those few who are UFC fans. You had UFC 249 this past week. As well as um, you had a fight, you had a fight night last night, and then you got one on Saturday. Um, we watched the fights on Saturday night: Gaethje versus Ferguson. Uh, Props to Ferguson for just saying, "I ain't so, going down until somebody stops this thing." So for so for for those listening, just like backstory, I I def, I'm there are certain things we both specialize in when it comes to sports. Like we both follow just about every sport. Like. I think UFC is kind of something I follow, but more closely. Yeah. So I don't even know if you know this, but so Ferguson, um, I think two weeks out, maybe I can't remember, mm-hmm. had cut. I think he had cut weight, and he cuts a lot of weight to to make that to make lightweight. I mean, he's he's I a believe, he's a pretty radical dude, right? Like I believe he, I extensive. believe he cut weight. I believe he cut weight basically twice leading up to this fight in a span of about a month and a half. Because remember, they thought it was going to happen, and they yeah. they put it on pause and moved yeah. it back because he thought he was going to fight Khabib, yep. and then the whole thing happened. And then so, so he cut weight for that original fight, and then he's like, "Oh, it's over." And then he had to cut weight again for this past card. So a lot of people have said that's kind of the, maybe the reason why he looked didn't look as good. Um, but it was man, it was a it was a really good fight, and Gaethje hit like an absolute truck. Um, I mean, every every time that left hook kept coming, you're like, oh, he's, it, this is the one. So, if the left arm came, it was it. You thought it was going down. I think I I think the you know the consensus is people have wanted Khabib and Tony for so long, but you just you can't do it now, obviously, since Gaethje's the interim interim champ. So I think you do 
Gaethje versus Khabib on Fight Island late, late in the summer. Yeah. Um, and do you do Connor versus Ferguson? Um, you know, I don't know. Has you know, Iden McGregor trying to lay claim to Gaethje first? So, so uh, I believe he put out a few tweets. I haven't been following. I mean, at all this point, tweets. McGregor just talks um, and talks. But yeah, well, uh, the thing it's one of those things. McGregor, I think, no matter how it, now, money talks. Money is the be all end all in any sport. Yeah, that's true. And regardless of whether or not he deserves it, quote unquote, like yeah. he's put he's put in the resume. Um, it, it needs to be Gaethje versus versus Khabib. Um, I, now, what I love yeah. to see now, if, if if for whatever reason Khabib can't fight, he's still stuck in Russia for however much longer, and and it comes time, I, I would love to see Gaethje versus McGregor. I think that's a way more interesting fight because on it, like, I think I think Khabib just takes him to the ground and spends the entire. I love fight. I love I love Gaethje, but I think I think Khabib mauls him. Yeah. Um, I think Ferguson had the much better chance against Khabib just because of his groundwork, his submissions. I think yeah. Ferguson had a much better chance at Khabib. I don't think he'd be, I don't think either of them beat him just because I think Khabib's that dominant. I was um, genuinely I surprised that Ferguson, who has some pretty creative submissions in his, in his belt, didn't essentially didn't try to take him down once. Yeah. Yeah. It because became just a stand up, knock out, slug out fest, you know, which made it all the more crazy that there was no fans in there. And that's like, <laughs> did you hurt every shot? Yeah, um, it's crazy. And then you had uh, you had the you had the bantamweight title, Cruz mm-hmm. versus Cejudo. Cejudo retired after winning, and you know basically defend. He basically he defended the flyweight. He defended the bantamweight. He's an Olympic champion. Um, the dude, which I give credit where credit's due. You know, the fact that because you know Dana White has wanted to cut the flyweight division for so long just because they're not a draw. Ever since yeah. Mighty Mouse left, they just they just don't they don't bring in what they're putting out. And the fact that Cejudo basically created this character, this professional wrestling type character to get people to hate him mm-hmm. for marketing purposes, I think is genius. And I think people would definitely made people want to care about the division more. Do I think he's actually going to retire, stay retired? No. Um, so I'm not mistaken. He did an interview just before this fight saying that Dana needed to basically pay up if he wanted yeah. to keep doing this. He needed to add a couple zeros to his paycheck. And, and basically what he did wording. by quote-unquote retiring at the uh, end of a fight was basically drawing a line in the sand saying, if you want me, you got to pay for me to come back now. Yeah, which and, it, and of course, for knowing him and the kind of the character he's trying to portray, it, it makes for a great story of, oh, I, the belt, I'm getting the belt that I never lost and yeah. and all this nonsense. So um, it was a good, good, night, good night of fight. I, I didn't get a chance to watch last night. Um, uh, Glover Teixeira pieced apart Anthony Smith. One thing, one thing, quick thing we can wrap up with kind of in, in UFC news, um, John Jones and Francis Ngannou have been going back and forth on social media. I think John Jones kind of realizes that he basically has nothing else left to do at lightweight. And barring him ever being able to fight again, if he makes <sighs> another Lord. mistake, um, maybe he's trying to get one last kind of super fight in before he, at this point, he's stupid. trying to figure out if he can win more titles or get arrested more times. I, um, like, I would, I would absolutely, like, I would love to see him versus Ngannou, Francis Ngannou. Oh, I think it'd be an, I think it'd be an amazing I, fight. Um, that that would. I just can't imagine them giving him crazy. that many chances. You know, money, money talks. That's fair. That's true. People, <laughs> the more he messes up, the more people are going to pay to see him lose. That's true, especially so. if he keeps talking. Yeah. 
But that's really the only thing for UFC. So I think we hit all the major sports. Is there anything, any baseball news? Uh, um, baseball's working through, you obviously had Blake Snell's comments. Um, yes. I not saw I great in the court of public opinion. I, um, all I saw was a Stephen A. article, yelled basically <laughs> saying that him and um, uh, who was it? Was him and somebody else have, yeah, having um, essentially negotiation talks. Blake Snell said on his Twitch stream that uh, I'm not playing. That is my favorite thing about this whole pandemic is that baseball players have just dominated Twitch. Did you? Every know? single one of them are playing I'm, the show. Just Freddie like you Freeman know, hit a home run with himself. Just like you know UFC, I keep up with a lot of different things as well. But Trevor May, the one of the closers for the for the uh, Minnesota Twins, is a massive Twitch streamer. Like streams video games with guys like Ninja and Tim the Tatman and some of the like the biggest names in Fortnite yeah. and Call of Duty and stuff. And it's hilarious. Anyway, um Blake Snell is one of the largest major league baseball player streamers and everything and he said i'm not playing unless i get mine we agreed upon a dollar amount you're gonna pay me the dollar amount if we're gonna play the risk is too high you can say what you will about the whole about the pandemic and the the risk of you know certain age groups and different things everybody's got different opinions there um but in the court of public opinion when you've got people who throughout this entire thing have been going to work trying to make ends meet you know frontlining it at kroger and Walmart as employees dealing with the worst that humans have to offer. Okay. Yeah. The the general public is is we're not, at an all time low right now. Yeah, not nice to deal with anyways. And that's and saying something. And that's saying something. And they're doing it for pennies on the dollar trying to trying to support a family. And you say that I ain't playing baseball unless I get paid my seven million dollars. That don't hold up quite as well, bro. I get it. I get it. You agreed to get paid your money and you're not supposed to do it for less than what you're valued at, but these are unprecedented times, and you can't say stuff like that out loud. Well, that, like the theme, the theme of the last these past few talk, money talks, and yeah. like if say what you will, like a businessman is a businessman. If he's gonna, yep. if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you really feel you deserve a, a deserve that money, you gotta stand your ground on it. That's you stand that ground, and you. That is what that is what that is a tool for you to get more money. If you can leverage that's that's called leverage. If yeah. I can leverage this thing into getting more money, you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whether I would do it or not, but I mean yeah. that's just the way and like I am definitely not one of those people like you know, people say athletes make way too much money, all this yada yada yada. Like if you like if they if they make if they make seven million dollars. And that's their salary. If if you say uh, I'm going to give you four million, you just lost three million dollars. That's yeah. like it's a that's significant like, amount of money to not. That is have. a significant amount of money lost. And now it's one thing if you like gamble all your money away and whatnot, yeah. and you live that kind of lifestyle. But if you like if if you that's money lost that they feel like they earned. Yeah. And so you know it's it's one of those things that you know. It's a big deal to them, and for uh, a Bryce lot of Harper for said. us, just to be like, "Oh, you you live in a mansion," and <laughs> I think I saw—I don't remember who it was. It was maybe like a YouTuber or something. Basically, somebody calling them out, basically saying that they didn't couldn't be sad during this whole pandemic, and they're like, "Oh, well, dude, you get to stay at a mansion during all this." It's like a house is a house. That doesn't mean you can't yeah. feel sad about not being able to see your loved ones, not being able to see yeah. this, and I feel like that's kind of the stigma about athletes and all that right now. You you get paid for what you bring in, you know. 
one. Yeah. Hey, if, Blake, I, if, I made, if I made $7 million and somebody said, no, I'm going to give you four, I would be mad. I, I want that true. $3 million. And, I mean, Blake Snell is the sole reason that people pay attention to the Rays at the moment. There's, I mean, he's I can't a Cy Young anybody winner. else on the Rays. Cy Young winner and ace of the staff. I mean, oh, he's okay. responsible for people tuning in. So, yeah. kind of hard to argue. Um, yeah, in closing, um, we covered the list, uh, top 74 players of the NBA, covered some UFC, some local st- – uh, some stuff with the upcoming baseball news to end Speaking it. Speaking of which, before we forget, I, I remember you, just because you said it at the top of the at the top of the podcast, NCAA news. Uh, last fi- f- the final word we'll call it the final word. Uh, to a to a tongue of Iloa's brother headed to Maryland. Um, now I have not like you again. I'm I'm like really into USC and some of that stuff. Yeah. You were very much into recruiting high yeah. school scouts where people are going. Was his was what's what's his brother's name again? Talia. So was he as considered to be a top guy for Alabama this upcoming season? Uh, so okay, so they were essentially they were going to try to redshirt him because they wanted like Mac Jones was the guy this year. He was older, he'd earned his spot, and they were going to redshirt Talia. Now the problem is they accidentally played him in too many games. And he didn't get the redshirt because of to his injury. Um, but he was a four star. You know, he's a top one hundred and fifty to top two hundred kid, depending on what site you looked at kid's talented but you wonder how much of it is just coming off the back hype of his brother he's supposed to be talented talented qb um the kicker is that alabama brought in the number one high school recruit in the country and the number one qb in the country dude's unreal out of california and i think he beats out mac jones if they're allowed to have a decent enough training camp to where he can learn the playbook talent's too real he was going to jump tally anyways i'm surprised he didn't go to miami um because he's going to have to sit out a year i figured he'd end up in miami with Tua. um Miami has deer at King. Oh, yeah. They got the transfer from Houston. That's all world athlete. He's got one year left. I figured he'd play and Tally would go, but he went with Mike Loxley, a uh, former Saban offensive coordinator. Who's uh, I guess trying to build his own mini Bama over there on the East coast. Yeah. Um, yeah they've got under armor money dudes out there. Can they can, money they can call. reel them in if they can yeah, very much does in recruiting. Um, but yeah, so the, the final word, um, Stuff we can get to talking about here in the next couple of days or a week or so. You got NASCAR coming back, who our own father said they might be making a genius move by having seven races in 11 days. It's a lot of circles. I'll be um, honest, the, the, the <laughs> limit of our NASCAR talk will probably be min to none on that, just because I really don't know. I legit, I, now, admittedly, growing up, watched a good bit of NASCAR with our father. Yeah. I don't know a single person who races anymore. Like I looked at it the other day and I was like, I don't know any of these people. Oh, there, I mean, there's some dudes coming out of retirement for this thing. Anyway, so you got that coming up. They're trying to make a comeback. You'll have golf um, trying to make their return. You've got the uh, – it's Peyton and Tom Brady and uh, Phil and who? Who's the fourth one? Pey- Peyton, Peyton and Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and then Phil and Tiger. Okay, I, I, I couldn't remember if it was Tiger or not. But um, that I'm definitely watching, especially if they mic them all up. Yeah. Um, but you got the last dance finale this last Sunday. dance finale this Sunday that will wrap up. Um, and then you've got a, you know, hopefully some news with the NBA, MLB and college football. Um, obviously there's a lot going on with college football. Some people stepping up saying it's absolutely ridiculous to think about playing. And then you have some that think got to play I, my yeah. opinion. I think there's too many schools that will have to cut so many programs. If they can't get football in, I think we'll have something to talk about here in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. uh, We'll wrap up the test run there. Um, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do to, to edit this thing together and see if it's worth putting out.